Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Miss the Wester Year in Sales event. It's Hardline on News Radio 930. WBEN, good morning. This is Dave Debo. This was a week where we saw three different members of Congress, John Conyers, Trent Franks, and most notably so, Senator Al Franken, resign after they were being uh, f- after they faced some sexual harassment allegations of differing degrees and levels there. I want to look and see why Franken particularly uh, stepped down, because early on, as these allegations came out, you saw he did have some support, but then it waned a little bit later. Here's an article from Politico.com under the headline, Why Democrats Had to Drum Franken. A year into Donald Trump's presidency, many voters still don't know what Democrats stand for, so at the very least, party leaders reluctantly decided they better take a stand against sexual harassment. Further down in the article, it says this, For a party heading into 2018, planning to run against Republicans as morally and legally corrupt, they needed a clean argument. So the question is, was this strategy, was this politics, or was this just the right thing to do? Let's bring in commentator Morgan Hook. He's a former spokesperson for Governor David Patterson. He's also worked on issues in and around Washington and a guy that uh, we often turn to to bring all sorts of opinions, more particularly from the liberal side of the equation. Morgan, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dave, for having me. I'm happy to be here. Talk about uh, the idea here that this is a strategy. You don't think it is, do you? Well, so I, I don't. I, I mean, I do think it's politics, so there's a little bit of political calculation in anything that happens. But I, so, you know, look, as you just said, I'm a, I am a progressive. I'm a liberal. And I actually am also a big fan of Al Franken and have been for years since before he was uh, an elected member of, of the Senate. So I had to have this moment, and I, I asked my wife, and I said, hey, so do you think Franken should resign? And her response, coming from a woman... Uh, who's worked in Albany, and Albany's got their own problems with this issue, uh, said um, uh, he should absolutely resign. And she was unequivocal about it and immediate. So I think um, there is a real difference in opinion depending on who you ask about that. What you mentioned, that political calculation. And, and Politico is a fine, you know, journalistic outfit. But Politico tends to see everything through the lens of the horse race. Everything is about... Uh, political strategy and and are every action taken by someone is is somehow related to electoral uh, strategizing and I disagree to a certain extent. I think the reason that Al Franken resigned ultimately is because our own senator Kirsten Gillibrand finally stood up and said this guy should resign. And within a matter of hours, a couple dozen other senators said, "Yep, she's right." Mostly led by the women in the U.S. Senate. Um, calling for him to resign. All right, but if, I, if part of the argument is uh, that nationwide it's part of political calculation, then we have to uh, address whether or not it's a political calculation for Kirsten Gillibrand, who some have said might maybe be running for president in 2020. Yes, and I do think, again, I do think that there is an element to that. Kirsten Gillibrand has, is someone who has um, kind of boldly gone out, and uh, I think she hasn't voted for a single Trump nominee to his cabinet, or at least that was her record for a while. 
Um, so, again, I think that there is some of that political calculation. But I also think that Democrats have really been forced to look at themselves a little bit. And they feel very strongly about when Donald Trump, who had knew another woman just this week, has said that, you know, she, he tried to forcibly kiss her in an elevator, was a former Fox News anchor. Um, Democrats are not happy about that, right? That they think that this is uh, uh, abhorrent behavior. It is abhorrent behavior. But it's really hard to stand there and criticize the president if you've got this sort of activity going on within your own party and you're not going to hold it to the same standard. So I think that what we saw this week was, was maybe a dose of political calculation. I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't. I don't think it was coordinated political calculation. That was going to be my next question. It sounds as if Kirsten Gillibrand opened the floodgates, followed soon by Charles Schumer and others, Nancy Pelosi. But you don't see a, a document or a, a strategy coming down from no, no. DNC Chair Tom Perez, nothing like that. Right. Nobody called up Kirsten Gillibrand and said, go break the dam. She, she made that decision on her own. And, and then it broke. And I think that Democrats, this is what I'm saying, I, I think that I think that they're ready to have this uh, sort of reckoning uh, in Washington. And they're ready, to, if they're going to hold the president to these standards, they're going to hold themselves to these standards as well. And by the way, I think I saw a report earlier this week that CNN and the Washington Post are working on uh, possibly 20 to 30 other members of Congress who have got these allegations. And so this is just, we are just beginning, I think, in, in seeing this sort of, bad behavior finally get exposed. And by the way, I'll say personally for myself, I couldn't be more happy that it's happening because um, this it's got to stop. It happens in Albany, it happens in Washington, and it's unacceptable uh, that anybody from any party or staff or whoever treats women like this. All right, that certainly gives us enough to chew on, and we'll uh, do that when we come back after the news. Morgan Hook is with us. He's a strategist. He's a lobbyist. He's a man who used to be the communications director for Governor David Patterson. We're talking about the situation in Albany involving Senator Al Franken, John Conyers, Trent Franks, others involving sexual harassment. A lot of things to talk about. We'll take your phone calls, too, after this. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. I do want to continue the discussion now about what happened in Congress this week. Uh, resignations, three of them that were announced in Congress. One week, three members of Congress, John Conyers, Al Franken, Trent Franks, all ensnared in sexual harassment allegations. We're kicking this around a little bit right now with Morgan Hook. He's a communications strategist. He is a, I think you said it earlier, we can call you a liberal or progressive. You don't reject either of those words. And he is a former uh, uh, communications director for Governor David Patterson. Morgan, uh, let, let's recap if people are just joining us. Before the break, you said, yes, there is some political calculation involved here, but you also think that it's coming from a place of sincerity, especially after U.S. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand kind of broke the dam open on public sentiment against Al Franken? Yeah, I don't, what I think is there is no political coordination. Um, this is no, there's no, like, the party has decided we will now take this route. I don't think that that is accurate at all. I think that each... A uh, member of Congress, each elected official, has to make these decisions on their own, and I'm not going to pretend like political calculation doesn't weigh into those considerations. But I think that ultimately someone like Kirsten Gillibrand, who has been an outspoken, uh, she's, she's worked on military sexual assault issues for years now, I think she probably looked at this and said, you know what, I have standards, I have, uh, I have uh, things that I stand for, and I can't exactly support Senator Al Franken if I'm going to be 
truthful and standing up for these other issues that I believe in. All right. And I also want to mention, because I thought this was significant, you, you bounced the idea off your wife. And you, immediately, as a woman, she said, oh, yeah, Franken has to go. Do you think the issue obviously resonates more for women? I think that, I think that um, women have a very different perspective on this than do men. Um, you know, to a certain extent, um, a lot of women have probably put up with this, not to the extent of, of you know, uh, sexual assault that, in the definition that men might see it as, but, you know, looks and the way men treat them and uh, being put in a position where there's a man of authority. And uh, so I think that women experience this very differently than men. And so someone like me who might look at some of the things that Al Franken did, I think the initial charge against him and that, that horrible picture that he had um, was the worst of it. But then some of this you're like, oh, is this really, is this really that bad? And a man might say that, but I don't think too many women say that. Um, if they're being nonpartisan and sort of honest about it. I think that they look at that stuff and they say, no, because I've dealt with that same garbage, and you don't know what it's like, man, <laughs> to put up with that. And so, yeah, I, I, I personally, because I think, I think all of us, you know, all of us are, uh, those of us who are involved in politics, a lot of this is partisan. Do I think Al Franken should resign? Do I think Roy Moore should drop out? I have sort of, one of those answers is very clear to me, and one of those answers I was like, oh, I don't know, I kind of like Al Franken. That's why, like you mentioned, I, I asked my wife, what do you think about this? And her response was immediate. He should absolutely resign. Well, l- let me ask you this then. Do you think that this is, you raised the word partisan, and I know you don't think it's calculated, the, the Democratic response is calculated. Do you think that Democrats have a different sized problem than Republicans here? Uh, how do you mean? I think that Republicans um, have completely failed to address this uh, in the way that, I mean, you can, you can suggest or believe that Democrats are being calculated in, in the way that they are handling the, the sort of Me Too moment here, but what is also clear is that the leader of the Republican Party, the president, has a long history of being accused of sexual assault himself, uh, admitted to it on a videotape that we all saw last year, and now that same president is uh, very forcefully backing a candidate in Alabama who has really disturbing charges against him, and the party has sort of fallen in line and is supporting him, and they're funding him. They're, you know, the 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 party is literally funding his campaign at this point, giving fun uh, giving money to his campaign, and you don't see you don't see uh, you don't see as many, I'll say, Republicans calling for him to drop out or or calling him out. Although I will say. That senior uh, Senator Richard Shelby from Alabama, which is where Roy Moore is running, yeah. he was actually on TV today basically saying, like, this guy's horrible. And there's a lot of reporting out there that says uh, House Speaker Paul Ryan was the one that pushed Trent Franks into resigning earlier this week as well. So there you have a Republican response. I'm sure, uh, let's open up the phone lines, by the way, 803-0930, and I'm sure a caller would get to this before I did. But uh, when you list the things on the Republican side of the ledger, I think there are those that would say those are all allegations. Uh, yes, the, the tape with Billy Bush and President Trump was a tape. It was someone talking about something, not someone doing something. Whereas with Al Franken, you have a picture. With John Conyers, you have a, a taxpayer-paid settlement. Uh, is that an argument that works for you? 
No, because with Donald Trump, you have him going on Howard Stern saying, yeah, when Miss Teen USA and I ran Miss Teen USA, I would go into their changing room and see all these beautiful young teenage girls changing their clothes. And then those same teenagers saying, yeah, this creepy old dude would walk into the, our changing room and we are all naked. Like, so the allegation argument to me is a partisan argument because I could say the same thing. I could say, oh, well, look, the six other women who came out against Al Franken, those were just allegations. But, you know, part of this is we need to take those allegations seriously. And if you start doing this whole thing where you're saying, oh, well, those are just allegations, you can't prove anything, then what you're basically telling women is be quiet. Uh, unless you've got a photo, we're not going to believe you. And even then, uh, we may not believe you depending on our politics. All right, let's bring in some phone calls here. 803-0930 is the number. One line open if you'd like to get in. Morgan Hook is here, Democrat communications strategist, former communications person for Governor David Patterson, and a guy we turn to every now and then when we need a, a more liberal or progressive perspective on things. Frank in Williamsville, kick it off for us. Hi, you're on the air. I just think this is such a difficult area. Now, the, the Franken thing, the photograph, the, guy, the guy's a comedian. He's a Saturday Night Live guy. It's a stupid photograph. I can't see how that was like sexual assault. So you you put it in the context of comedy, and then it's not as bad of an offense, right? You know, every every look at every workplace has a a social aspect to it and the professional aspect to it of the people that are working there. And anytime a guy anybody crosses the lines as far as a power play on the, on their um, personal side, it, 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 using their work is is it, holding that over them. That's absolutely wrong, and anything physical completely is, is, is absolutely wrong at all. But it's to the point where I've seen all the the, the seminars, the HR uh, uh, videos that they send you. It's not what the person says; it's what the person who feels offended, what they think they heard, and and that's that's what the, 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 the line has become. And it's very difficult for 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 for, uh, for someone who's telling a joke one way to understand how the people that are hearing it are interpreting it. And Frank, do you, do you think there will be some sort of backlashes more accusers come forward as this as this hashtag me too movement gains steam my my fear actually is a backlash against women who, who are more more women come out with with more claims of sexual harassment guys are going to say uh they're going to ignore them they're going to marginalize their complaints they're going to say oh it's just another one it's another one just chalk it up to another 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 sensitive oversensitive woman and and, and put put that one out all right, Morgan. Let's uh, let's weigh in on that. I I can see it reaching a point where people say, "Yeah, all politicians are corrupt. Yeah, all po- all all men are scum," and uh, make it therefore easy for people to write it off. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it can get to that point, and I think we need to do what we can to avoid getting to that point. I, you know, look, um, what Frank just said. There's some truth to that. Look, Al Franken was a writer for Saturday Night Live. He wrote however many hundreds of off-color jokes in his time working for there. If anyone is going to make a, an offensive photograph like that, you'd think it was Al Franken. By the way, he made the photograph while he was doing a comedy routine on the UFO tour. I think, I think that what men need to think about, though, is it doesn't really matter what Al Franken's intent was. What matters is that that photograph came out, and that woman was humiliated. And, you know... We need to think about it in that way. It, it, the men have the power frequently. Men are in a, you know, I, I don't think we, can, we are able to appreciate the experience of women, um, particularly even just using that example, the woman who was in that photograph, that Al Franken photograph. I mean, she woke up and she was violated. 
I know he probably meant it in good fun and whatever, but the fact is, is that she was asleep and she was humiliated by this man who was in this position. Um, and All right, that, I think I believe that brings us about it in that way. That brings us to a caller here that wants to talk a little bit about the definition of sexual assault. Let's bring in Tony and Clarence. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah. First of all, I would like to ask the gentleman, yeah. what is the standard that the women are putting forth as to say what is sexual harassment? Where is the line to be drawn on this? By the way, in the Al Franken incident, if you look at the Senate's own uh, evaluation, any act would have occurred to be in the ethics committee would have had to have been done during the time he was in office. Everything that was brought up here is 10 years old before he even got in the office. That's my first point. All right. Second point, Let, well, let's take them one at a time so we can get Morgan to respond. Uh, Morgan, jump on in here. Standard. Uh, what's the standard? I, I, I don't know that there is a hard and fast standard. I think the standard should be um, we should take it seriously when women say that they feel like they're being uh, feeling like they're being assaulted. And and point number two, he didn't do this while he was in the Senate, allegedly, at least not the uh, USO example. No. Therefore, it should be ignored? Uh, I don't believe that. I, I mean, I think it's you know, I think part of the reason he ultimately resigned is that a number of a number of other allegations came out, a multiple uh, came out that were things that he did that you know there was no photographic evidence, but things that he did as a senator, putting his hand in an inappropriate place during a photo, uh, trying to kiss a staffer like that, and again he and he denied that those allegations. So, so Tony, if you think he's if he's denied this. And you think that the uh, the standard has not been established? Are you saying that a he should have stayed in office, and b that maybe this is a political calculation designed to give the Democrats a a war on women issue down the road? Absolutely, there's no question in my mind he should have stayed because if he, the ethics committee in the Senate says if you go look up their their doctrine that any act that you commit during the time you're in the Senate is can be used as a violation of sexual activity. That's in the Senate. He was not in the Senate when that picture was taken. And by the way, putting your hand on the back of somebody is so subjective, it's not funny. All right. Now, now, now let me throw this in here, though. There is talk that once, if... Roy Moore joins the U.S. Senate, that they would immediately turn around and have an ethics investigation of him. Using the same standard there, this stuff that they're talking about 30 years ago clearly would not have been while he's part of the Senate. Uh, Morgan, do you think uh, he should be investigated if he's seated? Um, and I think he will be seated, frankly, because I think he's going to win. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the allegations against Roy Moore are incredibly troubling and are far, far more serious than the ones that were against Al Franken. And I think that, again, so this is some of the partisanship. I mean, if you're going to rest your support of Roy Moore on, well, he did it before he got into the Senate, I think you need to take a good hard look at yourself in the mirror and figure out why you're supporting someone or why you're not supporting someone. All right. This might seem like a little bit of a tangent, but bear with me. Let me ask you this. Do you think the Democrats will run a woman uh, as the nominee for president in 2020? Uh, I think that the Democrats, I think multiple women, were, I think a whole bunch of people are going to run. I don't think that the party decides. Um, 
I think that they'll, you know, if reports are to be believed, Andrew Cuomo is going to be someone running, and ultimately voters are going to are going to pick their nominee. Now, as a strategist, do I think it would be a good idea to run a woman? Maybe. I think that there's a lot of, um, I think that there's a lot of uh, sort of anti-women bias built into the political system. Um, and however you feel about Hillary. Are you still there, Morgan? I think we lost you for a second. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, you think there's bias against Hillary Clinton. Do you think having established her as the nominee in the past obligates them to not go backwards, as it were? No, I don't. I think that um, ultimately the voters are going to decide. And, and, and do you think then, uh, again, trying to make the case maybe for this idea that it's political calculation, does coming out against sexual harassment now give them greater leeway to not necessarily nominate a woman in 2020? No, because, again, I think the, your question is predicated on the idea that the party is going to decide who the nominee is. And I, I just don't, I don't, that's not how it happens. Um, you know, everyone's going to go into, the party didn't want Bill Clinton to be the nominee. The party didn't want Barack Obama to be the nominee. But they were. Um and that's because voters decided ultimately. So uh, I I don't believe that this I don't believe that uh, them coming out and being against Al Franken was some sort of calculation so that Andrew Cuomo can be the, the presidential nominee. All right. I think it would. I would like to see a woman become president at some point in my lifetime. So personally, I'd like to see that, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a political calculation. All right, we, we are late for a break. Rather than take it now and then only have a little bit of time left, let's just uh, take it before the newscast and squeeze one quick more call, one more quick call in here. John in Rochester, you're up now. Hi, go ahead. Hey, Dave. Hey, Morgan. Morgan, I, I'll tell you, Kirsten Gillibrand is a hypocrite. She took campaign help, a lot of it, from Bill Clinton when she was running for the Senate. And uh, let's face it, Bill Clinton is one of the most perverse uh, people that's ever run for office or held office. And she even went ahead and said, were that now, that he would have had to resign. At least she would have wanted him to. Well, right now. But but she took knowing that his history of being an alleged rapist and uh, sexual assaulter, on numerous women, and yet she took his help. That, to me, is hypocritical. What are your thoughts? Um, so my thought is, can I ask you a question? Well, I, I let him go for the interest of time. You just have to jump in without it. I'm sorry. So I'll say this. So what's your point? So she's a hypocrite, and she came out against... Uh, the worst-case scenario is, fine, she's a hypocrite, and she came out against Al Franken after taking Bill Clinton money. So that justifies Republicans supporting Roy Moore, because that seems to be the next step of that argument. Oh, well, Kirsten Gillibrand's a hypocrite, so I'm going to support Roy Moore because the Democrats are a bunch of hypocrites. Well, so what? The Democrats, regardless of motivation, are now doing the right thing. And so maybe Republicans should, too. All right. Coming up on the other side of the newscast, there is one more topic we're talking about this morning. And as long as I've got you on the line and, and you're a guy that is certainly familiar with the ways of Albany, uh, let's let's go completely off the board, Alex, for 2000 here. Uh, oddball question here. How do you see things shaping up on the Republican side of the ledger with those who would challenge Governor Andrew Cuomo? The reason I ask it is uh, that sources close to former Erie County Executive Joel Giambra have said this morning that he's considering a run. Uh, especially so if Harry Wilson doesn't go forward and seek the Republican nomination. Uh, real quick, uh, an observation from you. Is Harry Wilson the Republican candidate? 
Um, Harry Wilson can self-fund, and I think funding is going to be a very big problem for Republicans. Now, does Harry Wilson actually want to put in the kind of campaign money? I don't even know that his self-worth is, is sufficient to put in the kind of money that uh, he would need to beat Andrew Cuomo. I think Andrew Cuomo's vulnerability is overblown. Uh, I don't think he's that vulnerable at all. His poll numbers are really good, and they're really good where they need to be, in the city and in the suburbs. So um, Republicans have a very, very steep hill to climb to beat Andrew Cuomo. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Mark Molinaro actually is a pretty decent candidate out of the Hudson Valley. But again, he runs into the same problem. Money, money, money. Anyone's gonna, even money has no money. All right, fair enough. Time anyone hears, yeah, the first time anyone hears his name is when it's going to be a negative commercial being run by the Cuomo campaign. All right, real good stuff. Glad you could join us, especially a, a good sport there for going way off topic at the end. Morgan Hook, thanks for joining us. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 